Uh, let's pray. God, we invite you to speak. Speak to our hearts, speak to our spirits. Draw us to you again. Amen. I'm going to show you, first of all, um, this slide. I want you to, to get your vibe on it. There's a real tilt this morning, isn't there? Sorry if you can't see. I'm trying to stand... You Just look around me. Um, the arc of the universe bends toward the full reconciliation of all creation. What do you think about that? The arc of the universe bends toward the full reconciliation of all creation. We will have some discussion afterwards, so have a think. It's, it takes a little bit to get your head around. There's, but there's a final little part to it, if you show the next one, Isaac. The arc of the universe bends toward the full reconciliation of all creation, but that arc is long. You might be feeling that at the moment. That arc is long. God might be drawing all things together into a... Into a a revisit of Eden. It might be it might be that ark that says here is the perfect creation and we might be going back there but gosh it's taking a long time. It is taking a long time. There's been a cumulative sense of being overwhelmed in the world. Would you agree? This cumulative sense of this is really hard, like climate grief is a thing. And our young people, I think, particularly are feeling it. This is the world they're going to inherit. And I have spoken to many a young person who says it actually probably doesn't matter too much what we do because it's all going to finish up through this climate crisis. And so climate grief is really real. Technology... Is, has changed the world and so being able to figure out or know anything and be bombarded with news from all around the world at any moment is both a gift and a curse. And then you add the social media side to that. It gets complex being surrounded by all this information all the time. Then you add in you know, this little pandemic that we had can you see how it's just been cumulative? Then you add war, and I think that for some of us that was the straw that broke the camel's back in a lot of ways when the conflict in the Ukraine, not, not, that, not that there weren't wars before or even during that time, there's conflict all the time, but that, that kind of struck a chord with a lot of us. My gosh, what's happening in the world? And then... And then after all those lockdowns, a lot of us have headed back into this frantic sense of busyness. Not everyone, but for a lot of people, life has just gone straight back to being really busy, but with slightly less energy, with slightly less in the tank to deal with it. So this is the context in which we're reading this quote. The arc of the universe bends toward the full reconciliation of all creation. But some of us are saying, I don't, I'm not seeing that. And we know there's more spiritually to it, but if you're telling me that God's got this all worked out, I don't know. Part of me that's going, really? Now that might be, for some people, 
they don't have a belief in God. And so, if Sally, seriously, isn't this just a token? Isn't this just a token thought? Isn't this just your way of helping yourself feel better? Have you ever spoken to people, whether they be family members or people who really aren't leaning into faith? They're not following Jesus. And and when you say anything around this, if you say anything that leads to this, God has this worked out. There was a beginning, a middle and and there will be an end and at that end, God, he's got that. Have you ever heard maybe an internal voice or an external voice that says, are you just trying to make yourself feel better? I don't think that's what this is. But that, that can be how people perceive it. For some people it's an excuse. Ah, God's got it all worked out. Um, we were talking about it this quote at Monday small group and um, someone brought up the SUV example. You may have been here when I was talking about a particular pastor who had a quite a significant fall in the US and, and during one of his sermons it was like, I will drive whatever I want to drive. I will treat the planet however I want to treat it because God's got it. He's going to work it all out. This is not that. This is not we can do what we want, say what we want, be who we want because God's got it all worked. It's not that. It's not an excuse. It's not a crutch. I mean, it is a crutch. We all need a crutch because the world is a little bit broken, but it's not just a way of making ourselves feel better. It is so much more than that. It's a strange time to be alive, and yet this is as true as it has ever been. God has it. And I just want to bring it into three simple things, very, very simple things, rather than necessarily using this quote. I want to suggest that God is great, God is good, and God's got this. God is great, God is also good, and God's got this. And I just want to focus for a few minutes on this idea that God is great. And you might say, what's that got to do with this? I think all of that is wrapped up in this quote and and actually focusing on how great God is is not about making God feel better. Acknowledging that God is great, majestic, powerful, sovereign is is not something we need to acknowledge because God is so needy. It's actually really helpful for us. So let's just focus on it for a few minutes. I'm wondering what keeps you up at night or wakes you in the night, apart from caffeine, or makes you wake up early in the morning. Could be details of your life, what, what will you do next, what's the, what's the plan, I need a map and I don't have a map. Um, perhaps you're caring for others and concerned for them and that, and that kind of wakes you keeps you awake, keeps your mind ticking over. It could be the, you know, the old chestnut, the money. Will there be enough of it? There's a lot of bills, not seeing an equal amount of income coming in. Could be a a, a workplace pressure. How do I hold all of this and meet this standard or this part of the position description? How am I going to do that? Um... It could be relationships at school, at uni, or a fear of never having a significant other. It could be 
anything. It could be something outside of that scope. What is it that, that just keeps closing in on you? It could be just really simple things. Whether you have faith or not, sometimes those things just bog us down, don't they? They can be the thing crowding in. And I know when I start picking up my phone and just going app to app and scrolling, when I'm doing that as a default, when I'm start, oh, things are busy, things are chaotic, and I pick up my phone and start doing that, I know that it's closing in. How do you know that it's closing in for you? It might look quite different. But we all have that moment, that, that time where we go, it's, I'm overwhelmed. This is really difficult. These little bits and pieces in my life, they're adding up. This week I was at an ordination intensive at Pilotti. Has anyone ever been there? It's a Catholic retreat centre. It was m- built a very long time ago and you can tell. <laughs> But it was beautiful and um, it's near Warburton, so cold, very cold. And I did one of those wake up early things, you know, it wasn't the can't go to sleep, it wasn't the wake up in the middle of the night, but at 5am I'm like, I woke up and I was thinking about all of you. I was thinking about the people who had significant pastoral care, this is not to make you feel bad by the way, but people with significant pastoral care needs the people I hadn't got to ring before I left, the things that I knew I had to organise, this, preparing this, all these things were going through my mind and as I'm laying there in the quiet and the stillness and the dark, I started writing the rest of this. I'd sketched out a couple of things but I'm writing this in my head and then going, I need paper, I need paper. So I get up and we had a room to ourselves so I could switch the light on and I need paper and a pen. I had no paper. Zero paper. Who doesn't carry around? I had a receipt. So I'm writing, scrawling little notes on the back of this receipt. And then in the darkness, it was just starting to get light. And I heard, I kind of stopped for a second, and I heard a kookaburra. Now, I hear magpies and all kinds of birds at our house, but I heard a kookaburra. They are magnificent. And he was calling. And you know who he was calling? He might not have known this, but he was calling me. He was calling me and I knew it. And I stopped and I put my little bitsy receipt down with my little scribblings on it. I thought, I need to go outside. They call it the great outdoors for a reason. I found my big coat, I found a good pair of boots and I went outside. And as I, as I went outside... I was thinking about this that was written by Catherine May. I think there's a slide for it. She's written a book called Enchantment, Reawakening Wonder in an Exhausted Age. I'm only a little way through, but I'm really enjoying it. She said, We are a forgetful species, obsessed with the succession of tasks that hover over our days and negligent of the grand celestial drama unfolding around us. True? As things start to close in, as we think about the bills, we wake up thinking about the pastoral care needs, we wake up thinking about the things we have to do that day and the appointments we shouldn't miss. We miss the great celestial drama. So as I felt that, as I heard the kookaburra and thought I'm being called to the great celestial drama, I opened the door, it was foggy, there were mountains, there was fog, 
there was a kookaburra sitting on the um, on the uh, where you have to gather. What's it called? Emergency collection point, whatever. He's sitting there, kind of welcoming, ushering me outside. They had those caramel-coloured, long-haired cows. Are they cows? Yeah, gorgeous. And then and then I kept kind of walking, trying to stay out of the mud. The thing that got me the most, apart from the kookaburras who started to swoop between the massive gum trees, was this. Now, it's not impressive on the screen just there, but when I sent this to the family, they said, is that fake, that mushroom? And I said, no, that's absolutely real. It was just sitting there so pristine. And I thought it was fake when I first saw it. It was so bright. Turns out there were like a 100 of them, and I'm like, well, they're not fake. It was stunning, and here I am, and all those details and the bits all kind of lifted for a moment as I gained some perspective and thought, it will be okay, because the God of creation, the God who created those mountains, the God who rolled that fog in this morning, the God who had this idea for mushrooms and, and gave that warning signal, don't eat me, um, that that reminded me of the greatness of God. And I wonder what reminds you of the greatness of God. Revelation 1.8 says this, God says, I am the Alpha and the Omega. So the beginning and the end. He's got it. He's great. He's the one who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. As we sit in this complex point in history, no one's going to argue that point. This is a complex moment in history. Stepping outside of it and gaining some perspective, whether that's in creation, whether that's with a worship song, whether that's something you read in scripture, no matter how that looks, prayer, coffee with a friend who you talk spiritual things with, it doesn't change the complexity of the world, but it's an acknowledgement that God is in it, over it. He was at the beginning, he will be at the end. God is great. Psalm 8 says, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory in the heavens through the praise of children and infants. You have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, when I get outside at Warburton or in Eltham or wherever we are, when I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is humankind that you are mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. It's a good reminder, isn't it? in the complexity of our lives, in a not-quite-post-pandemic world, rising costs of living, relationship difficulties, environmental crisis, God is sovereign. God is great. It's not a denial of pain and suffering. It's not a head-in-the-sand action. It's not, unless we, unless we choose to have our head in the sand all the time. But that lifting ourselves out and gaining perspective is really important. I was talking to a mother a few weeks ago and she was having a whole lot of trouble with uh, one of her children. 
a child who was feeling so anxious and angry and in turmoil that that child was she was just lashing out and and yelling and saying things to the mother that were not very nice there was pressure at school even though she's very young there was so much pressure there was internal pressure in her her life is just quite difficult for a whole range of reasons and she is lashing out at her mother and the mum said to me it was such a difficult moment and all I could do in even in the physical lashing out was just gather her like this and hold her as tight as I could as we waited for that moment to pass it was holding her tight even if she's still continuing to try and hit me kind of in the face and kick me and I just held her. I just had to hold her firm and tight and remind her that this will end as those emotions started to regulate. And that's what sprung to mind as I thought about this perspective, as I thought about this arc of reconciliation. The arc is long but it's true and it's like God is just holding us. If we allow him to, even when we're angry and upset, even when we're confused, even when we doubt, even when we're not sure about this arc of, God, where are you? I don't understand. This is too hard. It's like he just folds his arms around us if we let him and says, I've got you. I'm great, majestic, sovereign, and I love you. I'm just going to hold you until this moment passes. Do we allow him to do that? Will you allow him to do that? Maybe that's about getting out in nature. Maybe it's music. Maybe it's meditation. Maybe it's meeting with your pastor. Maybe it's something else for you that that reminds you of God's loving arms around you. But I just want to encourage you with this as, as we kind of finish up and start, you know, chatting through it. There are a lot of people who I'm starting to hear about who are going, there's got to be more. There just has to be more to life. These are people who have not yet got faith. And in this book, I don't know where it's going to end up. I don't think she's a person of faith. But she says this, Catherine May, I've reached a point in my life where I need the sense of contact with a consciousness wiser than my own one less frustrated and afraid. She's really seeking for that existential experience. Slowly and slyly, it had crept into me, this conviction that there's something out there, something vast and wise and beautiful that pervades all of life, something that is present, attentive and behind the everyday. People everywhere have that sense. Some of them dull it down and some don't. Again, this week being at this ordination um, retreat, one of the pastors, we were just in one of those, you know, break into pairs and discuss this thing and he said, um, I was, he said I was at church a few weeks ago and every time I, I, I get to church, I open the first thing I do, open the doors so people know we're open for business. We're here if you want to come in. And he said, oh, it was so early, but I always do it. I, oh, it's my habit. I always open the doors. And then, you know, two hours later, the church service starts and a lady walks in the door and he walks up, hi, I'm so-and-so. 
um, what brings you here? And she said, well, I actually was jogging this morning and I saw the open doors of the church and something just pulled me in. I thought to myself, I'm going to go home, I'm going to get ready and I'm going to try church. I don't know what it was, she said. And he's like, well, I think I do. But it was, it was so encouraging to think that people are being drawn. We think that they're not anymore. Sure, they may not be drawn to a Sunday morning service with some singing and whatnot, but drawn to God, drawn to a God who is so sovereign that a part of himself broke off and said, I'm going to find the lost. My creation is so important to me that I'm going to find them and reconcile them to myself. People are still drawn to that. I had a conversation with a person and I'll speak vaguely because she might come here one day. She's a person of another faith. We don't have a relationship that talks about faith and then she says to me, would it be all right if I came to your church one day? Uh, Yes, I think it would. She said, because I love God. I love God. This is a person who doesn't follow the Christian faith, who says, I'm thirsting and I'm hungering and I know there's more out there and I want to come and see what it's all about. Absolutely. Come along. You might have people in your life like that. Let's not assume that they don't think about faith, that they don't think that there is more out there. All of this complexity of the world can lead people to be thinking about a God behind the mess and the chaos. We tend to think that people are sitting at home going, how can there be a God with all this mess? And I'm sure there are people thinking that, but there are other people. I want to suggest an increasing number of people who are thinking like this lady. There is more there. I need to find out about it. That ark of reconciliation is real and God is great. Allow that to pervade your life this week as you look for those very proactive ways to remind yourself, to settle your spirit. God is great and he's got me. He's holding me. I would love to know your perspective on it. I would love to know what you're thinking about that quote. If you could go back to that quote, please, Isaac, as we kind of open this up. What are your thoughts? Feel free to challenge it. Feel free to say, this is not my experience, or actually this is my experience, or this is the way that I draw near to a sovereign God. Over to you. Just speak loudly and clearly. Don't go quiet on me now. Sometimes I have trouble shutting you up.
And did you have? Much. Did you? <laughs> oh, sorry, that's it. That's no, that's fine. Did you have those moments where, without the clutter of all of this, you could see that brilliant night sky? Because that's always pretty awesome to see, isn't it? But yes, yeah, always. Well, that's well. Um, I just went, went outside even this, this morning, and so what I saw this morning was, wasn't a coastal, but it was the so it was the fog, but then the sun coming up, but the spider webs. Oh. You know, all these spider webs everywhere. Yeah. You don't notice in the day. Yep. But you do when the sun's low enough, and it's <laughs> yes. foggy and they're all wet. So yeah, oh. even 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 the spider webs. Yep. Yeah. Doesn't have to be complicated, does it? <laughs> yeah. Did you then sound a little bit universal when I read that? It's about the universe and the fact that the universe in general is going to get resolution, but mm. here the person, I'm not too sure where I fit in that. If you can look at our mushrooms around the ground, someone's <laughs> going to stamp on some of those mushrooms. <laughs> oh, Mark. <laughs> no. Yep. Yeah. It's not personal. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, and that 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 is the honesty I was looking for. I wasn't trying to hack on you. That's good. I don't think that's true, Mark. I think you look at I think you look at things very realistically and very pragmatically, and I appreciate that. Yep. Um, you know, now we're smart enough to know that slavery is bad because we're better than those. Yep. And we don't know why <coughs> God is not coming back. Um, we we feel like yeah, like he should hurry up and come back and, and end it. But we just have to sit in this tension mm. of, of his timing and and not I don't know and not yeah, and being okay sitting in that tension of, of waiting mm. and that. Yeah. We don't know, but actually see it as a positive thing of, of generating trust and patience and, you know, and those sorts of things. Mm. Just knowing that it, it, it will happen. And mm. we see in the Bible that right from the start, God's 
plan is for redemption. He would provide salvation. Mm. Things have gone wrong, but right from the start, he says, I, I have a plan to fix this. Mm. And so just trusting in that and sitting in that. Yep. And still allowing the questions, still yeah. allowing the doubt, but just having this deep-seated trust that can ask the questions and have the doubt, but still kind of somewhere then know that he's got it. Yeah. It's, it's quite a balance, isn't it? Yeah. microcosm because <coughs> I can't take in all of creation it's too big mm. so you tend I tend to personalize it it comes back to my my, my growth mm. and what I see in my world mm. that I can't say reconciliation of all creation that's huge it's huge isn't it yeah too much all to wrap I our heads around is my life and my reconciliation Mm. which is taken and the ark is launched my whole life. Mm. Yeah, okay. So this you're bringing this back to the ark of reconciliation in my life is long. Absolutely. Yeah, that's good. I like that, Heather. Because it's never static. Yeah. The reconciliation with yourself to God is never static. It's yeah. ongoing. Yeah. So, yeah. And we wander this way and we wander Absolutely. that way and we come in Absolutely. and out. Yeah, but he's still got it. Yeah, that's great. I really like that. Unless there's another thought to add to that, I think that's... Oh, Jenny, go. Oh, thank you. <coughs> I have a friend who's in the Provis group and about a month ago she invited me to come to a meeting. They had a man talking about space, planets, what do they call it? something or other. Mm. Um, and I went. <coughs> I said, I don't know anything about space, planets really. And he gave a very interesting talk. And one thing that just astounded me was his description of the immensity of it. Mm. And talking of light years mm. away. And it just goes on and on and on. And at the end of it, I went up to him. I said, can I just ask you a question? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because we can all acknowledge, and I think we haven't talked about it for a while here, but the idea that the earth is very old. We're not proclaiming that there's that that Genesis account was necessarily a, a scientific document. It's a, it's a an account. We need you to talk about this again, Alex, I think. But we're not disregarding that. But the fact that there is a mind behind the order of creation... Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I agree, Jenny. Apple doesn't fall far from the tree, does it, I'm just going to say, in a very, very good way. Thinkers. All right, I'm going to wrap that up. Um, let's pray. And then we've got an, a very exciting morning tea brought to us by Alex and Raffi. God, we are thankful that you are bigger than all of this. 
you are great. And we want to ask very practically this week, as life crowds in, as we, as we look to what's our next plan, what's our next thing, help us to rest in the greatness of God. Amen.